You may be seated. We are in the book of Jude. Again, this morning, we, it, the book of Jude is a book, like every other place you look in the Bible. You open it up, and it just keeps on growing and glowing. And I noticed as I came up last night that we had a, an, a piece of art that one of our brothers, Michael, put together on Jude. And I looked at that piece of art for a minute, and I saw the tapestry that was surrounded in there, and it reminded me of the depth of the word, and even as you look in Jude, and you start and you say, well, this is what it teaches, I think I'm getting it, I think this is the take-homes from Jude, and all of a sudden, it just keeps opening up, because this is how the word does. You just let God keep speaking to us in the word of God, and he opens up the word in the most amazing ways. Now, today, what we're planning to do is come toward the end of the chapter, and we have gleaned four takeaways that we want to take from this book. Last week, we were looking at the problems that we find in the book of Jude that Jude was addressing. And if you remember, he got diverted. He, he wanted to write about the common salvation, but there was a diversion, and he wasn't able to go the direction he first thought he would go, and he went the direction that God called him to go. And what Jude began to do is write about earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. But beginning in verse 17, I want to begin reading here this morning, and we will see the beginning of four takeaways from this book that Jude is giving as the solution to the problem. And as we recognize these takeaways, we'll see Jude calling the church who he's writing to to a, uh, a beautiful response in the Lord Jesus. In 17, but you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ that they were saying to you, in the last time there will come mockers following after their own ungodly lust. These are the ones who cause divisions. Worldly-minded, devoted to the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Now, as we enter into this together, the first takeaway we're going to consider this morning as Jude is wrapping up this writing, but he's going to give us some that we'll take today, and by God's grace, we'll be taking, taking tomorrow, or next week, but he says, but you, beloved, he's writing to the believers in verse 17, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And takeaway number one is simply remembering God's word. Remembering the word of God, no matter where we go, no matter what we encounter. And Judah's written about, and we'll look back at this for just a little bit. Judah's look, look has been equipping the saints for tremendous trial and struggle that really have been a part of the church in the beginning. And I think it just happens again and again. But Jude begins and he says, but, but you, beloved, you who are believers ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we think about remembering the words that he's writing about, it's maybe important to realize we have the word of God. I believe everyone in here can read the Bible. 
Everyone here can, can comprehend the word of God. We have the Bible. But I, I just pulled one, one little stat out that in the year of 1820, it was estimated that worldwide only 12% of all the people could even read literally anything. So when Jude is writing about remembering the words, it's going to be that were spoken by the apostles, by our Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be like, uh, remember that which someone spoke, what you heard, what someone read to you. And what's interesting, 12% in 1870, I mean 1820, and today, when you come to 2020, there's 12 to 14% that can't read the Bible. So when you look at a text like we're looking at this morning and Jude is speaking about remembering the words that were spoken, we have such a privilege to be able to take the word of God and to read it and get the takeaway from the word of God as we read it together. And we see here it is, God is speaking and he is speaking of very important things that will be seen. But Jude is saying you need to remember the words spoken to you beforehand and then Jude continues and he says, there's going to be these situations and conditions that will arise within the church. And they're just going to come up. Now, I don't know how many of you yesterday would have had a privilege to see the clip of the bear walking the streets of Monrovia, California. Is there anyone here that was able to watch that? That was kind of interesting. I was studying and I looked up, and there was this bear walking the streets of Monrovia, California. And it was like, this is crazy. He's just kind of cruising along about a half a mile an hour. And then what was interesting is he got off the street, and he just started walking through people's yards and by their gardens. And you wonder, are the people up? Are they awake? Are they asleep? What's going on? But the thing that just kept catching me. You could keep looking at this bear, and he really looked harmless. It's almost like you take the guy home. He looked that harmless. And, and you can go back home, and you can look at the clip. You can grab a clip of this if you want to. But you could literally take the guy home. But what's interesting is, little secret, he's a bear. And if he walks like a bear, and he looks like a bear, and he acts like a bear, he's a bear. And really what Judah's speaking about here when he's talking about remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Christ is he's speaking about recognizing that the enemy wants to come in and overthrow the church in the most amazing ways. And you're going to see some of these, these ways that he does it within this text that we're going to be looking at this morning. You know, I, we used to go up to Alaska in business and also in, in ministry. And one of the things, for those of you who have lived in Alaska, have been up there a lot, the road from Anchorage on up to Fairbanks, at one time you could just spot all kinds of bears. You could see the moose, you could see the bear, you could see the elk. They're not there anymore. What happened, one ranger, I believe as a park ranger told me, is the people got so close to the bear, they lost the fear of the bear. And this ranger told me this, this, a story of how one parent was found taking a two-year-old child and putting it on the back of the bear and balancing it, and this is a grizzly bear, and standing back and taking a picture. And they said, we got to take those bears away. 
for the good of the people. Because the bears are really going to affect them. And it's going to affect so many things. And now as we're looking in the word today, I want us to recognize we're down here a long ways in Jude. Last week we read into this and ended up somewhat around this area. But what I want to do this morning is I want to real quickly abbreviate what Jude was writing in short liners that you can get. And we're going to put these on the screen. And I'm going to give you the verse, just, just the number of the verse, and we'll have them at the bottom. But if you go back and read Jude, you'll see this. And I want us to notice what he's speaking about. You could say, this is where the bears creep in. Jude says, they came in, crept in unnoticed. These are men and women who turn grace into license. They deny Jesus. In five, they do not believe. That is the root of all sin. They don't believe God is sufficient. In verse seven, they indulge in gross immorality and go after strange flesh. In verse 8, they are dreamers. They defile the flesh and they reject authority. In verse 10, they revile what they don't understand. In verse 12, they feast without fear. In verse 13, their fruit is ultimately revealed. In 15, they're coming to judgment. Now here comes a whole category of of a list that Jude just keeps letting go in 16, 18, and 19. They're grumblers, complainers, fault finders, they're lustful, they're proud, and they're flatterers. They're mockers, they're decisive, they're worldly-minded. There's not the Spirit of God within them. They are divisive, and they're devoid of the Spirit of God in verse 19, and, and those two verses have some parallel. But Jude is just speaking, and when when we're looking at that this morning, he's speaking about remembering the word that you heard as you enter into identifying truth in the middle of all kinds of untruth that surrounds us in a world like we know it. For those of you that live in Phoenix, you might have this privilege. We do where we live, is there are fox, and there's also silver fox, and there's also coyotes. And there's a place in a cut of a fox and coyote's maturity, that if you look at them, say, 100 yards away, you won't really tell the difference. They'll look, you'll say, is that a fox or is that a coyote? But the closer you get to the fox or the coyote, the clearer the picture is of whether it's a fox or a coyote. Now, what Jude does, really, in this chapter, and I'm going to encourage you to, to go back and read this because there's a lot here. We're planning to spend one more week here, and I plan to take uh, these Bible characters next week that Jude calls out and how they manifest uh, all kinds of symptoms. But what he's saying is you, you need to be aware and you need to recognize uh, the danger that's there because it comes roaring at the church. Not only does it come roaring at the church, it comes roaring at the individual. The spiritual attacks that God's children, just like what these, this, this staff, these staff members face right at CPC to do God's will, would probably just overwhelm us. When you sign up to follow Jesus, the way you're going to get attacked is the most amazing ways. And there's no shortcut to it. And, and one of you brothers just shared with me a ministry right here as we began this this morning that you've been called to just in the last week or two. 
and I was really blessed. And it's not within the church, but outside the church, a great ministry. And in that, all of a sudden, it just hit me. You know, I need to remember to pray for that brother more because the enemy's going after him. And maybe he's going after me too. There we go. I think I'll just swap. And so as we're looking at this now, I, I, I think it's just important to realize when Jude is talking about remembering the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he, he hits the latter end of that of that that list I gave you that they were saying to you in the last time there would come mockers falling after their own lust. These are the ones who cause divisions. They're worldly minded. They're devoid of the spirit. And then we'll look at that later. Jude will say, but remember, this is our takeaway today. I want you to build yourself up in, in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. There was a woman back in the early 90s we worked for in just on the western side of the Washington Cascades. And her name was Bab, Babs Ballard. I would guess she's gone long ago. What Babs did for a living is she hunted grizzly bears. By the time I got to her place and began to work for her in the early 90s, Babs was uh, probably in her mid-70s. But it was an amazing story of a woman that had been in Alaska hunting grizzly bears. She came down to Washington. And there was a, a time the state of Washington was going to take all the grizzly bears out of the Washington Cascades. And Babs got involved in that. And it was just interesting. When I would complete her job, I can still remember she would pour me this cup of coffee and say, now I'll go get your check. And it might take, I don't know, it just took a long time to get paid by Babs. But one thing that I remember about that that really stood out was one time I asked her, tell me what it's really like to hunt grizzly bears. And she said, you never lose your fear of the bear. Because it's really dangerous. And one time I asked Babs, what was the, the one event you remember? And she said, a bear charged me, and that bear looked like it was 15 feet high in its two hind legs. And I was able to grab my gun and shoot that bear right before it got to me. And it fell at my feet. Now, that's, that's, an, that's interesting because as, as Jude is writing here, I, I believe that was a burden of the Apostle Jude. Don't lose your fear of danger. It just exists out there. You're not going to beat it. It, it. it is all around us. But what I love about this teaching, as I looked into it in Jude, is what he's speaking is, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. And what he's basically saying is, don't get far away from the word of God. No matter where you go, what you come encountered with, always measure it to the word of God. And there's one way we're able to do that. And that is when we're reading the word of God and the word of God is coming into our heart. And I believe Judas is saying, whatever you can do. Now, those people couldn't read like us today. But probably for them, it'd be like, if I'm a believer, I, I just need to be at church. I, I've got to hear the word of God. If I can't read it, I, I've got to hear it. And think about that. Generations before us who could not read, but they still remembered the word of our Lord God from heaven. They remembered God's word. 
Because what Jude is speaking of, of here is this beautiful absolute that will protect us from evil. There are so many things out there. There's so many schisms and philosophies and concepts and ideologies. There's places you can go. You can hear how to live righteously, how to be good, how to be a good businessman. But it is the word that will set you free. It is the basis through which a church like this stands. It was what brought me to this church. I grew up in a church that believed that deeply. I knew what it was like to have a mother that would teach the word of God to me every single night before going to bed. She would not let go. And my father would be right there. But Judas is simply saying, remember the word of God because it is so precious. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 13 through 14. It's an interesting passage. Paul writing in the Corinthian church, he says, for such Men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Now, what it's saying is that Satan doesn't always look like a bear. He doesn't always look like a fox. Sometimes the Word of God says here that Satan disguises himself just like an angel of light. You know, I just jotted down as I was praying through this uh, message, just, some, uh, just the way the word speaks to us as we're, we're looking at this, remembering the words that were spoken beforehand. Just keep going back to that as the anchor. It's like home base. It's the place, no matter what happens next week, we come back to the word. If we hear something, a sister came to me last night and she said, I've been hit lately with a lot of different philosophy. I'd like to just come in and sit down because I'm not really sure where truth is always. Come back to the word of God. The word will never forsake us. The word of God in Psalms says it will endure forever. It will never betray us. It will never deceive us. It will never leave us astray. Never. The word is like an anchor. Hebrews says it's to our soul. It is also like a knife. Sometimes we don't want to remember the word of God because it's like a knife that will cut. And it's quick and it's powerful. And sometimes the word does not tell me what I want to hear. The word doesn't always tell you that. But what the word says is remember the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what I want us to do is just look on the screen with me and read with me together from Psalm 119. Now the, the 119th Psalm is, is such a beautiful Psalm, but I don't know if you find a place that this isn't, isn't true. Uh, I'd, I'd like to hear from you on this, but this, the 119th Psalm in every passage has something about the word, the commandments, the testimonies, the law, the statutes, the judgments, the righteousness. It's just all through the psalm. And this psalm, as it speaks to us, it just cleanses, but it takes us back to just how powerful the word of God is as we're looking in Jude today, and Jude's giving us a takeaway one of the takeaways of the day is I want you to remember the words that were spoken to you. And let's read this together. It's on the screen. Verse 1. And you won't see the verses here. They'll be at the bottom. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. 
How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. I cling to your testimonies. Oh, Lord, do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart, and I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statues. The arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart, I will observe your precepts. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have inherited your testimonies forever, and they are the joy of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. Establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. Those who love your law have great peace, and nothing causes them to stumble. And there's the verses that are up there right now on the screen. And you'll find them if you just go back. You know, one of the things you can do in the 119th Psalm, it's really a blessing when you're thinking about the Word of God, is just do what I did. Just highlight verses that are speaking to you and how they're speaking. And they'll just keep on coming and they'll keep on flowing to you in the most amazing ways. But as Jude comes to this place and he says, uh, you ought to remember the words that were spoken be beforehand. It's, it's like he's saying, just don't let go of God's Word. And what, what I think about regarding this, and, and there's really, a, there's, a bear, there's a verse in Amos chapter 11, two verses, eight verses 11 and 12. And here's what Amos, that minor prophet wrote, and I want you to think about this with me as we think about just holding to the word of God as a church, as individuals, as families, as ministries, whatever God has, we say, Lord, I'm going to hold to the word. Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God. When I will send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They will go to and fro
Or am I a builder with care, measuring life by the, the rule in square, shaping deeds to God's perfect plan, carefully doing the best I can? I don't know what this means to you when, when, when Jude writes this, and he says, but you, beloved, and what, he do, what it does mean is Jude says, you're really, really precious. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the Lord on your side, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. You've got the greatest there is, the holy faith. You've got the Lord on your side. You've got God. You've got the faith. And then he says, you've got the power to pray. Oftentimes, some of the greatest acts of building is when we pray for other people. That's like a bridge. In building, often, the builder will never, if you, you look at some of these great buildings that are going up in Phoenix, you know how many people are on the scene and how many people are off the scene? For the church to go on, there's got to be people on the scene and off the scene. They're builders for it to go on. Debbie, Debbie and I live right off of 303 up on Happy Valley Road. Some of you have been there. Right off of Happy Valley, and at the first stoplight is 115th. And if you would go down Happy Valley and go over 115th right now, what you're going to see is all kinds of construction going on. Because what they're doing is they're built, they're adding on to the bridge. And for us, living so close to that construction, and I'm an early riser, I can hear equipment starting up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, shutting down at midnight. And most of the work you see is not what's being done. The other day, I took one of my granddaughters, and we got on a four-wheeler, and we just started driving over there. And we went down. We took, we, there's a, a steep little cliff down. We drove down there. We got below. And all of a sudden, I just looked up at that bridge and go, wow. Wow. This thing's going to hold twice the people. And the way they're doing the work and bringing the I-beams through there, and I'm no engineer, but the way they're putting the cross beams and the I-beams, they're making that bridge not only so much wider, but also so much stronger. So much stronger. But you know why it happens? Because someone is just willing to be a builder and never be seen. And I believe when, when he comes to the end of this takeaway today, he spoke to us about two different takeaways. I would have loved, but time does not allow to, to go through the rest of them. But the first is to stay close to God's word. And you know, time will be that we will never see each other again. We know that. We're just here for a moment. We're gone. And I just pray this even for our children, our grandchildren, that if we can stay close to the word of God, if we can stay connected to God and his word, if it's our delight, just like the psalmist we read about, we'll be okay. Stay close to God's word. It's an anchor. It's a light. It hurts sometimes, but it's necessary. It really is needed in our life. And that second thing is be a part of the construction gang. Join the team. Whatever you can do, however you can do it. You might say, I'm getting awfully old, I can't do it, or I don't have those gifts, start praying. 
not only for this church, not only for your leaders, not only for your workers in the church, yes, for that, but pray, pray, pray. And when we begin to pray, there's something that happens in intercessory prayer. It's just a guarantee, and I can testify to this. If I have dealt with a critical spirit, and I begin to pray intercessory for other people, I will guarantee you by, the, by experience, the criticism is gone. It's over. Because intercession floods right over the top of that. And God begins to do amazing things in the most amazing ways. And we can be a builder. Someone else just carries a board. Someone else just hammers a few nails. Someone else looks at the plans. Someone else hires the men. But when we all work together in the kingdom of God, and I was so blessed talking to Pastor Allen before services because he came here a long time before I got here. And he was a pastor here before he went to CPC. But one of the amazing things is, is that it just keeps going. It doesn't stay in these four walls. It just keeps blessing other churches, other communities, other people. But it begins here. And may God just give us that grace and that power to say, Lord, just help me be that builder. Just help me be that on that construction gang that is building up unseen, often out of sight, loving, caring, holding up until Jesus comes. And I don't know what that means to you today, but I, we have, uh, we have, we have a couple over here that's going off to Chicago in ten days. It doesn't matter. Roy, Roy and Evie. He served so faithfully, one of the great examples of building to me in this church. But you know what they'll do there? They'll just keep building. They'll just keep building. Because that's what it's all about, is a group of people who just keep building wherever they do. They'll be misunderstood. Not everyone will understand, just like I didn't get the bridge but I'm getting it more because I took the time to go down below. And sometimes what happens in that is when we take a little time and go out of sight, we see the bigger picture. Stay close to the word. A lot of times when you're close to the word, you're out of sight, but, you're not, you're, but God's really close in sight. But make the sacrifice to get there. Whatever that means. Because this is life, and the Word of God is living, and it has every answer for every problem, every trial. It's that mainstay of every Christian's life. And if you've never done this, and if you've never started a commitment to God for a personal devotions to God, I guess I, I want to call you out like I was called out in 1977, hearing a, hearing a pastor speak in California. And he asked me through the spirit as I listened, do you truly love God's word? Do you love it? And I went home stunned. I'd only been in the Lord two years. Is the Lord, is the word of God your joy, your life? And I prayed to God, God, help me to love your word. And God says, okay, get up at 420 every morning. And I says, not that way, God. But that's how it was. And for the first three to four years, it was so tough. I didn't want to get up at 420, but I had to be at work at six. And there was no other choice. I provided for my family through that job. And the day came that the word became a joy. And guys began to say, could you meet me for breakfast? It's five. And I say, seven. 
but not five. That's my time with God. And it's still that way today. And I just pray that we can reach that point as this body, that we just love God's word. If we love God's word, it'll be okay. It will be okay. But if we, there's a void in our heart of the word of God, nothing will be right. Never. But when we love the word of God, it will be good. You remember two weeks ago, Josh preached here, young guy. Some of, you, some of your neighbors here, I was with him last week some. He leaves in a couple of days for Israel. But, you know, I asked Josh, what's your takeaway from your teaching here? He says, I was just amazed at how many of your people really love God's word. I don't find that all the time. But it was so evident. It, I just sensed it and felt it. And I just pray that we can, as we take this away today, yes, it's, it's a messy place out there, but we've got a very pure, clean, and clear word of God. Stay close to it and be a builder. Jesus is coming again. And however God has spoken to you today, I would just encourage you to respond to his voice, however he has spoken. Whatever he has said matters. It's not what I said. It's what he said. But whatever he has said, respond and let him lead. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you how you supply. Even as I, uh, one speaker goes out, there's another speaker, Lord, that's uh, just uh, so symbolic of who you are. And there's some other way. There's some other means. And Lord, your word is so sufficient. It is so alive. It is so real today. And Lord, because of your word in us, we can be those builders that rear block by block. We can be praying in the Holy Ghost. We can be building up, being built up in the faith so we can build up others, Lord. We can protect others in your spirit because of what you're doing in our life. Father, have your way here today in every heart. We know we have many different situations here, but I pray, Lord, that some way your Holy Spirit can just minister to every soul that's here in a mighty way. That as your Spirit is poured into us even today, maybe we have never embraced, we've never allowed you in. Maybe we've just been opening the door and closing it. And Lord, I pray that today we could open our, our, the door and not harden our heart to you. If there's someone here that's closing the door, Father, if there's many here closing the door, I pray that today that door can open and you can come forward for prayer, but also more than that, that you would come before God for prayer, that we would come before God because, oh, Lord, we, we desperately need you. We need your guidance, your leadership in every way in this church. We need your leadership in our lives, in our families. Without you, we are nothing. We will not make it, Father. We confess that to you. So have your way, Lord Jesus. May your will be done in everything. And if there's anyone here, Lord, that desires to come and enter into your presence this morning and, is, and wants to 
make that commitment to you through faith in you, repenting of their sins and crying out to you, Lord Jesus, for salvation. I pray that that dear soul or those souls, whoever they may be, will recognize their need and not walk out into, into a confused and mixed up and messed up world, but can walk out in the freedom and spirit and liberty of the Lord Jesus Christ who sets us free. In Christ's name we pray, amen.